Hello, and welcome to Bending Over Backwards podcast episode three. My name is Kira Reed, and I'll be your host. This week, we have Kate Nicholson on the show. We'll be talking about self-care. We'll also be talking about Instagram challenges and mom cuts. You can find me on Instagram at Kira the Reed, on Facebook at facebook.com slash bending podcast, on Twitter at bending podcast. Make sure you check out my Kickstarter at bit.ly slash bending podcast. Give what you can, share as often as you can. If you like the podcast and want to hear more, please support in any way you can. This episode is recorded on borrowed equipment, so if you like it and want more, I need your help. Also, remember to subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share. So first up, I'll be giving you some tips on how to participate and win Instagram challenges. So the first step that you need is obviously to have an Instagram account. It's very quick and easy to sign up. Secondly, you're going to want to go to at IG Yoga Challenges. This is a place where everyone posts their various yoga challenges for the month, for the week, etc. So the important thing here is to pick ones that you can do that are feasible for you to complete. So if you're a beginner, choose beginner ones. If you're moderate, choose moderate. And you want to find ones that you can do lengthwise. Sometimes the challenges will go for a whole month. Sometimes they go for a week, sometimes just a few days. So it's important to recognize how much time you have to offer to the challenge and to stay true to that. I know it's hard for me to do month-long challenges because some weeks are crazy. Some weeks the baby's sick. Some weeks Anthony's not home to help me take pictures or to help me with the baby. So it's important to pick ones that are of a feasible length. Another thing to think about is find ones with prizes that you actually want to win. Sometimes the sponsors are all for baby clothes, and if you don't have a baby, it's not really something that you're going to care to win. Sometimes the challenges will be for essential oils or lots of different things, but make sure there's at least one thing in the sponsor's pool that you actually want to win. So to join a challenge, you're going to want to download the Repost app. So what this does is it allows you to share things on your Instagram, share pictures, and share whole segments of text. For some reason, you can't just copy and paste things on Instagram. I like to use the Repost app then to save all of my tags so that I don't have to redo them every time I join a challenge. So all you have to do is go into the Repost app and you can select whichever challenge you've already copy the URL for, and it will copy the picture and the text, and all you have to do is open up your Instagram again. It'll pop up with the new picture. You enter the text in the comment section, and it's there. From there, I like to go to my notes in my phone and paste the text again. That way, I can just copy and paste it every time I share a picture. If you're doing more than one or two challenges every day, that's a lot of typing on your phone. It's a lot of time that you could be doing other things. So it's a great hack on how to get those posts and those tags so that people will see it. Tagging is really important in any Instagram or even Facebook post. It's a way for people to associate your picture with something that is related to it. By copying the original post and its tags, you make sure that you don't miss any hosts or sponsors, and you make sure that the people who are looking for pictures like this are seeing yours. 
Then we get to the actual picture taking. So I like to find a clean, neutral place to take the picture. You'll see on Instagram, some people have beautifully decorated yoga rooms or studios. I don't have that space in my house. So I like to find a nice blank wall in an area of the house that's particularly clean and use that as a backdrop for my pictures. Um, How do you take the picture? There's lots of great devices out there. I have a tripod that has a Bluetooth remote. A lot of people just set their phone up and use a timer. I take a little bit longer to get into my poses than that. It takes me more than 10 seconds to get into some of these poses that you'll see on these challenges. So I like to have a remote. That way I can take my time, get into the pose safely, and then push the button when I'm ready. You can also use... Um, a partner or friends. There's a lot of twin challenges out there. I know that there's one currently running right now. And you can use your twin to help take you pictures. Um, be honest, be real, do your best. You don't have to look like the people in the pictures. I know that some of the pictures that I've gotten the most comments on are ones that I'm using ridiculous props and my arm is in the wrong place, and people are just excited that I'm trying. I have a few very funny props that I use. I have a piece of culvert that I use in my wheel pose sometimes. And people people like the realness. They don't want to see all of the photoshopped pictures of people doing poses perfectly. Everyone sees those, and that's not how real yoga is. Sometimes I want to look up how to do grasshopper pose and see variations that I might be able to try or that I could work with with the pose. Another great tip is to post your pictures at the same time every day. Try your hardest to. This is a a social media thing of staying really consistent and allowing people to know when and where they can find you at all times. Something that I use to help my me win challenges is my son. It's a little bit of a bribe, but he's cute. And when he's trying to grab the camera or when he's trying to chew on my toe in a pose, everyone loves the picture and it gets a lot of likes and it gets a lot of views. Now, sometimes in the challenges, people will choose your picture to win. So there are random challenges and then there are choice challenges. A lot of times with the choice ones, they'll choose from the six pictures that are trending. And with the random ones, they use some sort of algorithm to choose the random ones. Random ones are great for beginners. You don't have to worry about how perfect your pictures are or when you post or how you post, just that you enter every day. And then if you feel like you are particularly good at yoga or have a cute baby or have something interesting to offer, the choice ones can be a better option. Although I don't think I'm that good or that entertaining to watch and I've won quite a few choice ones. If you do win, sometimes you'll find that you do need to follow up with sponsors. It's not always easy to give away free things. So make sure that you are polite and courteous, but be honest. Say, hey, it's been two or three weeks since I won the challenge. Do you have tracking info? I know I just got one that took me over two months to get from them. So sometimes things get lost. Sometimes things slip through the cracks. But you've you've earned your reward. So make sure that you stick with it. I've won quite a few challenges. I've won several t-shirts, tank tops. I've won essential oil kits. I've won jewelry. I've won some straps. 
So it's definitely worthwhile. If you win one or two, it's worth your effort of taking a couple pictures. So next up, we have Kate Nicholson. Kate is a massage therapist, yoga teacher, health coach, essential oils advocate, and mom. You can find more information about her at katenicholsonwellness.com or find links on our Facebook page. You work a lot with self-care methods. Can you tell me some of those methods and kind of what you do with them? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been a licensed massage therapist since 2008. So gosh, eight years now, solid eight. And then it's kind of funny because I was actually a high school teacher. I was a high school Spanish teacher. And there was just something. I still have no idea why I enrolled in massage school, but I did. So I went to massage school at night when I was in my late 20s. And then finishing at massage school and being a part-time massage therapist and it's kind of a summer job or a little side income from teaching, there was just something that felt completely unfinished. And like I only scratched the surface and I wanted to, I like I had so much more to learn. So especially about the mind-body healing and all the different ways that we can kind of perceive what we're experiencing. And that just led me to find a yoga teacher training. That's how I get, I kind of get these ideas and I just say like, that's what I need to do next. And I don't exactly know why or can always justify it. Some people in this call can probably relate. So yeah, then, so then I went and got my teacher, yoga teacher training and started teaching yoga as well. It was just always really compatible. All these things have always been compatible with my teaching, both as a skill, skill set as a teacher as well as my schedule as a teacher. I always had the summers or flexible after-hour times until I had kids. Of course, that gave a little swirl to that. (laughs) Yeah, so then, and then that just kind of led to when I moved back to Maine six years ago, I was in another life transition and I was letting go of my teaching gig. So then I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Again, my work was just not done and I just sort of pay attention to what seems to show up when I'm in transition or feeling ready for something new. Mm-hmm. And then the IIN program is phenomenal down in New York City, but it was all online with some of the world's amazing teachers. So uh, that just really absorbed my attention and kind of obsessed about it. So yeah, now I have a holistic nutrition background and I've done some health coaching one-on-one in groups and retreats and workshops and teaching yoga classes and yoga workshops and massage therapy practice, which is actually kind of what I'm standing on now that I let teaching go. Mm-hmm. So it's always changing. It's always evolving, like how the different parts and pieces come together and which one feels a little bit more dominant in my life. And the other ones tend sure. to always inform or complement. Um, I feel like once you go into these trainings and start working in this field, like you can never unknow them or unsee them. Yeah. So to speak. Like I can mm-hmm. never see the way world in my body and life and wellness, the way I ever might have before now that I know what I know. So like, it's just a part of me, no matter what I do with it. What is self-care and why is it so important for everyone? You know, I was thinking about that. You said you were going to talk about self-care today and I was giving it some thought because now it's just such a, um, it's such a given to me. Like I don't question it, but it's funny. Like I constantly have to remind myself that people are not that convinced about self-care. Yeah. (laughs) It always shocks me. I was like, yeah, no, of course you should come back and get another massage. Like, yeah, you don't have to be broken to do this. It doesn't have to be your birthday once a year to do this. I have a friend who be like, oh, it's my birthday. I think I'm going to take a bath. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, do it. I take a bath like three times a week. Bubbles and oils, do it. I know you're the bath amazing goddess. I am the bath queen. (laughs) But yeah, she just like calls me and do do you think it's okay if I take a bath? Yeah, take a bath. Go get a massage. Take a bath. Drink some tea. Do it. Yeah, you know what? That's such a good point because I think that that's such undercurrent of where people kind of fall short in their self care practices and like acknowledgement is like we are always craving or like desperately seeking some sense of permission around mm-hmm. self-care. And I, yes. and I think that through my trainings, I think that helped me justify that I do it so that I could always walk the talk, right? Like I'm not going to be a massage therapist yes. and not get massage or teach yoga and not practice. Otherwise I'm just kind of full of shit, you know? So right. I think that that has always actually inspired me to commit to these things because I always knew deep in my bones that I wanted this for myself. So therefore, if I teach it or offer it to others, then it has to be true. It helps me stay committed. So I sort of built that in by design, knowing kind of knowing how I operate. But I still yeah. think that people need that permission all the time. And so I think that there's a sort of implicit teaching that we do as teachers and, and healers is a big term, but practitioners mm-hmm. is like just, yeah, giving them the big nod and that like, and sometimes it's teaching about the benefits. Like, yeah, you know, this is why. I give you permission and you should permit, your, you know, permit yourself to do these yep. things because if you don't, right, dot, dot, dot. And I think that that's kind of where I've, you know, when I was thinking about your question originally and I could tell maybe an expected answer about why self-care is important, like <laughs> the vast majority of our health issues and epidemics like heart disease and diabetes and are all stress-related and, and lifestyle-induced, sure. you know? So, I mean, people know that. Like, we know almost too much information. So why aren't we doing it, right? That's another topic, but yeah. know, sort of behavioral chains and mindsets. But personally, why do I think self-care is so important? I think it's been really cool to have witnessed through so many um, generations, so to speak, of massage clients and yoga students that what happens is I get to witness people who start with that birthday massage or like yoga, like I should try yoga or like yoga comes to like their workplace or something, you know, and just shows up as a special event. And they do Mm -hmm. like, hey, hey, that wasn't so bad. Or, hey, I actually could feel this relaxed. Like I didn't even know stress is my norm. And so then they kind of have that special exception that gets their attention. And then they say, you know what? They walk away like, I should do this more often. I should. They start to should. But there's still that like yeah. resistance or like, I don't know how to build it in or I'm too busy. I don't have enough time. I can't afford it. Like a lot of lots of great reasons why it doesn't yeah. become a practice or integrated in a bigger way. But there's this intention that doesn't seem to go away either. And then people ultimately, I've watched this happen over and over again. They get to a point in their life, right? In their little process and little path. Mm-hmm. They get to a point when they recognize like something hits them. Like I actually can't get away without this anymore. Like that's the thing, we go through life getting away with certain activities or behaviors or ways of doing things or not doing them and then until we don't. And that's when people start to be a little bit more compelled to do something different, to make a little bit of extra or different kind of effort to make a change. And so, for example, like in my massage clientele, I have, sometimes this shows up as like a postpartum mother. And so like six months postpartum, like she's fried. She cannot get away and like, you know, she's maybe a little resentful at times or she's, you know, the postpartum mood bottoming out or anxiety mm-hmm. um, or just freaking tired. And <laughs> so she's like, you know what? I don't enjoy this as much as I want to. Or I like my partner, I can't even, I don't have any time for him or her anymore. So 
I need to renew myself so that I can enjoy this time that I want to be in. I should be enjoying more, but I just am not. I don't have the reserves anymore. So, you know, like Mm -hmm. too many um, taking too much out of the bank and not putting anything back in. So I see postpartum mothers a lot. At some point, they'll recognize like, oh, I actually can't get away not doing something like this for yeah. myself. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I also get a bunch of clients, especially more massage clients, like in their 50s and 60s, and actually even more specifically like turning 50 or turning mm-hmm. 60. And it's been really cool hmm. to watch. Like I'm, I get inspired by them because they'll come to me and they're like, you know what? It's a big milestone for me. And I've had my challenges, um, whether they've been obvious to anybody else or not, or kind of behind the scenes. And you know what? I am committed that I want to feel better. I heard this actually over and over again. I want to feel better at 51 than I feel at 50. Or I yeah. want the 60s to be the best decade. And they just <laughs> they just decided. And so like they're in order to play with their grandchildren or in order to keep up their golf practice or in order to keep their joints healthy. They just know like I want to do these things in my life. And I think there's some maybe some preciousness around the timeline there that starts to get more clear and um, attention getting. So it's interesting like different life stages kind of present different versions of attention getting that helps people recognize yeah. and give permission. You know what? I can't get away with not doing this anymore. I found that for me, um, my self-care started when I wanted to lose weight. <clears throat> I used to be much, much larger, like 50 to 60 pounds larger. I know. I never knew you that way. <laughs> I know. And I don't have any pictures of it or anything. Uh, yeah. I was in a bad place. I read this piece about that you have a relationship with your body And that when you're trying to lose weight, you can't just tell your body, lose weight, do this, do this, do this. You Mm -hmm. have to foster a relationship and have a communication with your body. And it was talking about, you know, using self-care. You want to be nice to your body. If you want it to do things for you, like lose weight Mm. or be strong, you need to communicate with it. And I felt that yoga was a great way to communicate with my body And, you know, how do you feel in this pose? Does this feel good? Do you not like it? Let's work with this. And it's a constant communication between mind and body. And then kind of being nice to your body with other self-care things like massage. And I really got into acupuncture when I was trying Mm. to lose weight and giving my body some, hey, I'm here for you. Can you be here for me? Can you do what I want you to do? So that's how I kind of fell into self-care and how I define it a little bit. I... I love that story, actually. I love your experience. And you know what I'm hearing out of that? And I think what I've sort of been woven through what I've been explaining as well is that ultimately what's happening is that we're birthing a relationship to ourselves, whether it's our mental space, you know, stress and what's important and priorities and how we manage our time and are are we really doing what's truly important to us and impassioning or physicality and movement and diet and things like that. So whatever it Mm -hmm. is, like there's so many infinite ways to be in this body and to sort of inhabit this life. And are we doing it the way that makes us feel like awesome? And to do that, you have to have a relationship. And yeah, self-care kind of slowly tends to be a a version of slowing down and listening. Oh, I love that. Thanks, Kara. What are your kind of favorite or best at-home self-care methods? I know we already mentioned bubble baths is a great <laughs> little self-care, but what are some other ways that we can take care of ourselves when we can't necessarily get to a yoga class or massage? Yeah, yeah, so true. And I am so bathtub envious. Like I've never lived in a place that has <laughs> a tub that just draws me in. You know, they're good for kids, but they're not like... We built our oh, house specifically yeah, with this tub. Really? So <laughs> yeah, yes, noted, we did. I noted. 
<laughs> maybe someday. So I've never been a huge bath person, although I do get through the winter here. I'm, I'm actually talking to you from the YMCA where I came and did my self-care, which was just get my own space with my kids sort of taken care of for an hour and stretched out and moved yeah. a little bit. And, and I often will go into the sauna or the jacuzzi here. Yes. So I do find a tub of some sort, but it's, it's communal. It's a little different. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, but still. <laughs> okay. So home self-care. So I was thinking about self-care as well. And like, you know, I kind of break it into two different ways of thinking about it. One is and we'll, maybe we'll start with the bubble bath version. It's like it feels extra special. Something that makes you feel special, like it's a ritual or it's just like, you know what? I have a rough week and I deserve something that makes me feel really good. Whether it's something that smells really nice, like lighting a candle or diffusing some essential oils or giving yourself a massage, you know, just with oil or, or lotion. Um, maybe it's putting on your favorite clothes that make you feel really good about yourself and like just turn on that great energy, whether it's at home or you're going to go out. Um, so it's like adorning yourself or just taking your time to hold a cup of tea and put your feet up and just look out the window. Um, I like to listen. I don't do this with as much regularity. I feel like once my kids are a little bit older and I have a little bit more of my own space and time um, mm-hmm. to have a little bit more ritual around listening to a uh, wonderful, thought-provoking or inspiring podcast. You know, truly like meditative or um, something that's just soul food of some sort to start my day, like while I have that cup of coffee or that cup of tea and, you know, and that those morning, that golden hour where we haven't rushed off yet. Um, So that's something I'm I'm craving and trying to build into my life, although it's not quite there. So those are things that help (laughs) me feel a little special um, and like you, like you deserve it. I know we kind of wrestle with that idea of permission and I think we should deserve it way more often and build it in more daily. But generally speaking, those are great things to do. Very simple, but but, but lovely. Um, and they kind of speak to the senses, right? Like something that smells good or that feels good or that sounds nice. Mm-hmm. I think those are just great because the senses tend to override the mind when we yeah. feed them. And that tends to be something we all need as a level of balance. But you know what? I also think that there's, in terms of self-care, we, should, we need to start thinking more in terms of hygiene. Like self-care sure. should be built into our hygiene routine, like the yeah. self-care hygiene, like w- the way we brush our teeth and the way we um, do other things every single day. So something yeah. like that, with, again, these are simple. They don't cost a lot of money. They don't need to be elaborate. But like I always start with a big glass of, you know, not cold, but like warm or depending on the winter, hot water. And often it has some lemon in it, lemon squeezed or lemon essential oil. That just helps provoke the digestion and get things going and, and perk up a little bit in the morning. And so I never reach for coffee or I don't even eat breakfast until I've had a huge glass of water. So for me, that mm-hmm. goes right after I brush my teeth, I drink a huge glass of water. And it's like, I need to put in again before I start having all these expenditures during the day. So yeah. I just, I hydrate and hydrating, of course, it slows you down. You can't, you can't be running around your house and like have this sloshing glass of water like you have to go a little (laughs) slow or at least pay attention to how you're feeling right so you get these baselines oh I'm extra thirsty today or extra tired I need more water so it helps you start to get um, some reference points Um, like I tongue scrape I know it's kind of a weird thing it's a total yoga teacher (laughs) thing to say but again like when I scrape my tongue in the morning when I brush my teeth it's information so I'm cultivating a relationship to my body I'm paying attention like there's this whole science about reading the tongue and like Chinese medicine and Ayurveda. Yep. So another topic for another day, but it's yeah. like a relationship. I'm getting information. I kind of get a sense of what's happening on the inside and what I need to do to balance it out. Um, yeah. 
So like, and then sleep, you know, it's another basic thing for self-care. Like I am realizing right now I'm so tired. (laughs) And I think these long, amazing summer days are so full and they're joyful Mm -hmm. and they're exciting and they're more active. And I love everything about it. I thrive this time of year, but it's easy for me to forget, to overlook that I also need to like pause or go to bed a little earlier at times and catch Mm -hmm. up. And having a toddler will remind me that, oh, she's having a meltdown because, you know what, it's been too much stimulation this week, but too many changes, even though they're mostly great and fun and exciting. Yeah, but it's still too much. Yeah. And you know what? She kind of reflects, you know what, even though she has no self-regulation and she's a hot mess and she's (laughs) pretty much like all over the place and loud about it, like there's something in there that's true about me too. So she kind of gives me a little cue. Okay, yeah. you know what? The whole family actually needs a little slowing down, which is what we're going to do this yep. afternoon. We're just going to hang out the house and have zero agenda okay. and get quiet, read, or take a nap. Um, so sleep, I think, is just another hygiene self-care. Um, yeah. So our personal space, a mindfulness about technology and like, do you go to your phone immediately or can you have that glass of water and take a few deep breaths and then check your email? So that's, again, something I'd really try have a practice around because my nervous system gets really like frayed and distracted and scattered and stressed out depending on what I see, what I look at, what I let in and how much of it. So, you know, I think these are hygiene elements of self-care that we really need to continue to check in and self-evaluate. Like, how am I doing? What needs a little little tweaking? And then there's this extra special stuff too. So, you know, a little balance between all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, the, the toddler thing, her, you know, is still only 10 months old, but I have the habit of not eating during the day. I just get going and going and then I don't eat. And that's one of the reasons why I'm overweight is because my body gets calories and saves them because uh-huh, I just, right. I'm not a hungry person, but so he is. And when he has a little meltdown, I'm like, oh, when was the last time we ate? Right. Yeah, we need to sit down and have <laughs> yeah, a meal exactly. together. And so that's really helpful. And the the technology thing. I tend to be a very screen oriented person, but starting to do some press and doing work for the podcast, I can really tell that it's up to my screen time and it's, it definitely makes me frazzled Mm -hmm. and I'm not used to feeling frazzled Mm -hmm. looking at a screen. And so that's interesting to kind of be like, okay, I need to put this stuff down, which is a weird thing for me. And so as yogic as I am, I do have a screen (laughs) addiction. And so, oh yeah. It's it's interesting to feel overwhelmed by that. Mm -hmm. I've never felt that. So it's nice to be like, okay, I'm going to put Instagram away and I'm going to put the spreadsheets away for a little bit and just hang out with my family. So No, it's so true. I think both of us have an element to some varying degree of an online or we have like these entrepreneurial small businesses and service industries and things like that that have this online life. So they need attention and 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 I generally enjoy that I like the relationships I have I like to get to express and connect through that but it is so I Kira I totally agree I get so overwhelmed and it's not until I'm on the other side of overwhelmed I'm like why am I why am I feeling like "Ah, I have no patience today oh yeah all week I was absorbed by that and I had you know so this time of year it's so good to get in the garden and go outside and have longer days for walks and things that is huge for um balancing out the tech but it's funny because, you know, here in, um, I don't know how far your listeners are, but. Oh, know, I hope all over the world. All over the world. So. Okay, so all <laughs> over the world. Actually, it's fine because it applies. Like there's this mindfulness-based stress reduction course that John Kabat-Zinn in down in um, Harvard Medical, or UMass Medical anyway, down in Boston, um, originated years and years ago. But now it's everywhere, including way up here in the woods of Maine. 
And so I actually, this winter, this March, went to an eight-week, committed to an eight-week stress reduction course, which had a lot of homework, like 45 minutes a day of mindfulness practices and a weekly class of three hours. And because, and it really was provoked by that feeling of like, I'm not enjoying my kids as much as I need to be, because this is such a special window of my life where I have so much time to give them, but I'm not taking care of myself in a way that's able to receive and let them in to, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't want to have regrets about that later. Um, so yeah, the screen thing was a big piece that I worked with in my mindfulness class. So um, it, it was definitely warranted some attention. I can relate. So when we were talking about self-care, you mentioned some trigger words like essential oils and things <laughs> that smell nice. Um, you're a big doTERRA advocate. So maybe can you talk about what is doTERRA? How did you find it and how do you use it? Okay. Love it. You don't have to ask That's me a big topic, to I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's such an extension of everything we've talked about so far. For me, anyway, there's a lot of ways to be with essential oils and to work with doTERRA. But for me, it's really about that. It's like, oh, my work is not done here. How else can I grow myself um, in all of these ways of personal learning and curiosity and discovery? And how can I continue to deepen my pocket of how I support others and their processes of getting to know their bodies and taking care of themselves and their families. So my work was not done. There's always something new to learn. And it was during my postpartum year with Phoebe, who is my now three, my youngest daughter. Mm -hmm. um, and I love her to pieces, to the moon and back. Um, <laughs> she was just one of those particularly challenging babies. Um, you know, that's a neutral statement, but I was definitely depleted, um, just cried a lot, um, mm. so many hours a day, so easily all the time, So and, and not much sleep and things like that. So in that particular postpartum state, it was maybe about six months into having Phoebe, uh, I was just invited and I just started to attend some of these local classes, kind of really as a way to get out. That was the self-care practice was like just to get some distance and do something yep. that was not tending to a, a baby. Um, and then my attention got perked. I was like, hmm, well, what is this? This smells really good. And I felt I was having experiences, like even just into getting introduced to an oil that night. I was like, wow, like that, that's interesting what I felt or what I noticed when I would start to experiment with the oils themselves. So doTERRA is an international company. It's actually huge, which at first I was kind of nervous about anything that's really big. I like small things. <laughs> um, but then I just really started to learn about the integrity of this company and how they're trying to stand out in their ways of serving community and about building relationships. And then they tend to do that through the oils. And I'm you know, so that's at the heart of who I am, you know, is serving and helping and teaching and supporting. And to do that with some sense of um, genuine integrity felt like, okay, you know what, I can get, I can get into this. So the company itself um, kind of produces the most exceptional oils. There's a few wonderful brands and companies out there in the world, but doTERRA is definitely um, leading the pack, I would say, mm -hmm. um, in terms of just what they put into their oils and their care and their harvesting and the communities all over the world that they're giving back to. Uh, that's a big thing for me. In terms of which oils I chose, doTERRA felt and continue to feel even or despite my healthy skepticism in the beginning, mm -hmm. like a really solid, heartful 
company to get into. Um, yeah. Or at least to at least to support with my dollar if I was just choosing an oil, right? So because it was about the oils first, and DoTerra was like right. secondary. So the oils yeah. was all about how can I kind of start my way coming back to myself, Kate, in that year of depletion and challenge. Um, and also, like anytime you have a child, it just it asks you to break everything wide open and then see how all those pieces come back together in a new mm-hmm. picture, right? So it's like, yeah, okay, well, who am I now? And like, what is this? I was just too tired to even know. Um, so it just helped yeah. me get those basic elements back in. Um, so essential oils, they're extracts from plants and they are in a very concentrated form. And then they are distilled usually by steam distillation or cold press distillation. So there's kind of some cool science and chemistry behind how they come about into these cute little bottles. And then you can just use a drop or a couple of like two to three drops are absolutely amazing in terms of how they can stimulate a therapeutic or a very rich sensual effect, depending on what you're going for. Um, The couple different ways that I incorporate doTERRA or I incorporate essential oils into my life um, started with my own self-care. That was absolutely the primary reason why I arrived at essential oils was self-care. I need assistance, like extra support, helping me regain my my biorhythm for sleep. It was all scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So so putting essential oils on the bottom of my feet as I'm going to bed, or I often have a diffuser plugged in right at my bedstand, and then I just diffuse like lavender and vetiver and earthy tones and like calming, um, sedative, you know, very soothing um, essential oils. There's a couple that I love that now now they those that smell comes on and my body is like oh ding time for <laughs> time for sleep. Like I have some kind of like a yeah. Skinner box thing going on too, but they they start because they have this true property of being able to induce the nervous system into that calmer state. So, um, so I was diffusing and, um, giving myself another thing that's both kind of in the hygiene category of self-care as well as this extra special category of self-care is a practice in Ayurveda called Abhyanga. And I'm sure you know of it. It's basically a daily self-massage ritual that mm-hmm. traditionally you do it before you go in the shower you let it sink in and then like 30 minutes later but like what mom can do that so I right. just you know I'm like don't have this whole hour for showering so at three minutes at best I go shower and I come out and then it feels really weird like I haven't brushed my teeth if I don't have oil to be able to just like from my feet up to my head I apply this oil and there's different oils the carrier oils that are particularly therapeutic or helpful for soothing and nourishing skin and actually calming and helping the nervous system stay in that more neutral space, not so extreme reactive that we're talking about before. So um, I do a daily massage after I shower every day and I often incorporate essential oils into my massage, depending on what I need. Like, do I need more stimulating yeah. or invigorating, kind of perk up in the morning massage or if it's uh, before I go to bed, self-massage and the day shower. Um, so that is another great way that I just helped to take care of myself. And it felt like I was giving myself something really special. Um, so we use them that. And then the last way we use them, so from self-care, it goes to first aid. It's like huge. You know, when my babies yeah. have belly ache and tummy upset, I just dilute an essential oil for digestion and I can give them a little belly rub. And honestly, that is one of the most – when I do that, I'm like, wow, this works. Because it works almost every time that they like – 
the belly ache or their complaint or their upset is gone and they mostly fall asleep or either go on with life and they're fine. Um, so that, and then like my daughter has a bunch of bug bites and super itchy things right now. So we've been applying essential oil of lavender on them for skin soothing. It's a really great for like sunburns mm-hmm. and itchy skin rashes and bug bites and all those kinds of things that are so common all over all arms and legs this time of year, myself included. So, um, so just first aid, having them in my purse, having them in the like in the home, in the medicine cabinet, we just have something and they know. So when Phoebe has an itchy, itchy bug bite, mom wears the lavender or That's great. when they're getting running down at home and they're going to get sick, we put the on guard diluted on the soles of their feet to, and we don't get sick very often at all. So I think it's part of what helps us stay pretty, pretty well. So, so, so first care is the other way. So self-care and first aid. Um, yeah. Yeah, or how we use our oils predominantly. Sometimes there's a therapeutic branch too if something bigger is happening. Um, sure. So I'm trying to balance out my monthly cycle. Um, that just is always a little bit of a project. Um, so there's other things that you can do in a bigger picture, a more personalized way. But day to day, self care, first aid, all the time. I should use my oils more like that. I tend to use them more. Um, I, I have a little bit of OCD. I like things to be <laughs> clean and smell nice, and so I do the dryer balls oh, with yeah. oil on them. I put some oil in my household cleaner that I do, which is just vinegar and water. Mm-hmm. I actually put a little oil. I used to let the lavender just sit in the vinegar for a few days, but it, it ended up smelling like bad plants. Oh, no. <laughs> like it smelled like That's lavender that had sat in vinegar for a few days. Um, <laughs> the first day it smells really nice and it's great if you're going to do a big home clean to do that method. But if it's something that you're going to have on your counter for a couple weeks, I would suggest using the oil over doing the flower method. Thank but, um, you. I'm I just put, <laughs> yeah, I just put a couple drops in with my vinegar and water and it makes everything smell oh, amazing. I want to come over. And I just got a really cool necklace from an Instagram challenge that I won. Oh. And it's a wood cutout. And she actually sent me oil with it. And I thought, well, duh. And so I just put <laughs> oil on the wood throughout the day. You know, if I feel a little low energy, yeah. I might put something that boosts my energy. If I feel a little frazzled, I'll put some lavender and vetiver, like you said, right on it. And it's right by my face. And I try to do ones that are a little safe if the baby mm-hmm. happens to chew mm-hmm. on it. So that's another thing to think about with doTERRA. It's been really nice the past couple of days to not feel like I'm smelling like perfume, but right. to feel like I smell nice. And even if I am the only one who can smell it, that is, again, self-care. It smells good and I feel good smelling it. And that's all that really matters. Exactly. Do not underestimate what it's like to feed your senses and how that can yeah. affect your mood and your energy yeah. and your focus. All of that. Absolutely. Oh, I love the necklace. That Those are getting really popular. I've seen yeah, a lot of those around. And I, I could definitely make this. I don't have time yeah, right. to, but it's just a little twig that someone cut a half inch slice out of and put a hole through and it's beautiful and perfect. Oh, it's beautiful and perfect. I, I want to see it. Yeah. I love it. Put a picture up. Okay? I will, I will post a picture. Right, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's cool. I know this isn't necessarily the fun part of it, but um, doTERRA is a great way to support your income as well. So maybe just briefly kind of talk about that. Yeah, you got it. it. It's funny that you say that because actually that's become super fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is actually not – that's the only, really only reason I would do it. Um, I, you know, I didn't say when I was a little girl or even like two years ago that I 
will be a doTERRA wellness advocate when I grew up. <laughs> I, I don't think almost anybody I know in the circle of doTERRA ever really had that intention coming in. Most of us, vast majority of us, just wanted really exceptional essential oils for yeah. a variety of reasons. And that's I love where it everybody it's... starts. It's kind of like this beautiful selfishness of, yeah, no, I want these <laughs> yeah. oils, but I guess yeah. I'll make money doing it. And it's it's well, like the most lovely way that you can be selfish about this thing. Thank you. You know, it's funny. Uh, and you know what? It has taken me, I would say, a year to give myself permission, busted, to do this. Like, I was like, what am I doing? I'm not a businessy person. Like, I, can't, I, I take beautiful care of people I'm like I love you I'm like I don't know what a business what and, and it's you know like Kate you know what there's like get out of your own way and so what was funny is that after I don't know six months to a year of just growing my oil collection and just the more I learned the more I loved and the more curious I got and so my collection grew a little bigger than I had intended <laughs> as well but hey I use them all the time so it's I have no yeah. regrets about that no buyer's yeah. remorse whatsoever so there's that it just felt like something I, I was totally clear and confident investing in and my whole family I'm like my husband was on board when he started to get some experience with them he's like no these, these are kind of cool actually and, and trust me he's not that person like he's totally writes off a lot of what I do is kind of like craziness so same, yeah, same. supportive <laughs> supportive but he's just not going to be like the first to sign up right so so we're all on board now and then before I knew it people were asked that that's the thing is like with essential oils and like people are desperate for self-care whether they know it or not and we're all trying to clear out the toxins and the clutter and all of the extra and excessive and not happy things in our life, especially when we become parents. And we need to crowd that out with the good stuff, pure stuff, the things that are actually helpful and healing and supportive. And so I think we're all on that path. I think that part is not questionable. And so when you see somebody that might be up to something, and in a very genuine, true, authentic way. Like I was just loving my oils and I integrated them in my massage therapy practice and my yoga classes because they're so perfect for all of that. And people are like, what was that? It doesn't take much. A yeah. big, deep yeah. inhalation. And they're like, whoa, what was that? And that's all it takes. And I wasn't trying to do anything. I just want them to have a beautiful experience while we share that time together. That's what I wanted. And so that conversation was so um, effortless the oils attract themselves. Like I do almost nothing. And then I realized like six months later, I'm like, oh my God, I actually have a business because basically all they do is go to my site and they find their oils. And I totally help them figure out which oils are best. Like once that conversation is started, it becomes really yeah. personal. And it becomes about, well, let's have a relationship to your body or your situation. Like let's figure that out. Like I help them have that dialogue with me, but really with themselves and their families as well. What do you need? Where are you at? What do you feel ready for? And so it actually becomes a little bit of a support network and a learning resource versus just a purchase of something off the shelf. That's another reason I love doTERRA. It's all about relationships and learning together. And then, and all of a sudden I was just doing that because that's what I do. That's what I love. That's what's fun about this is connecting and yeah. learning and like, and I learned through other people like, oh, I didn't know that you have this twig necklace. That's so cool. What? <laughs> and then I had a business without trying. And now like, wait, why don't I just do this on purpose? Because it's awesome. And so now I got a little bit more organized around it, but it happened before I even realized it. Yeah. I mean, it's like with anything, when you're doing stuff you love, it kind of mm. just comes to you. Like with the kids yoga, yeah, uh, right. I got one, st one preschool on board and 
within a month, six people were calling me asking me to do it. So that. when it's something that you love and it, it just, it comes to you and it's perfect. And that's something I've learned too. I remember hearing this at one point, but it's always just stuck with me so much. Like when I'm struggling with something in my life, like decisions or what to prioritize or what to commit to, you know, like how much am I going to take on? Or I always pause now and I figure out where's the flow. Where is there like an ease or a natural, where is stuff flowing? Where am I pushing? Where is it feeling stuck or forced? That's the thing that probably isn't needed. Like I let that go despite what it looks like I should, you know, like I I can wrestle with that. It's not always so easy. But like my work with my prenatal women and my mamas, like, oh my God, I love that down to like my, every ounce of my being loves doing that. And like that Mm -hmm. has grown with such immense flow that I love it. It's just outpouring. It's so good. And then the essential oils, like it was funny. Like I was trying to dam up the flow. Like, Kate, hey, this is a, don't do the business. What are you doing? Like that. And I was like, there is such a flow. It was spilling over. And now I was like, let it flow. Like, let it just go. And oh my gosh, did I just sound like frozen? <laughs> a little, but I like it. <laughs> well, can you edit that? Okay. So anyway, it was just funny. Like I had to give myself permission to let that go. And, yeah. and to just drop into it. And um, and it's been, once I let that go, it got so much more relaxed and fun. And now it just, again, continues to grow on its own. So it's like always asking yourself, where is where can I lean into? What's what's there an yeah. ease about? I think that's a good like life guide. Yeah, you were, you were actually part of my last kind of uh, fate flow or whatever I call it. <laughs> um, I had was deciding whether or not I wanted to do adult studio work anymore. And mm. I was kind of up in the air and I drafted all these emails resigning and then you emailed me about um, an opportunity at the Y uh-huh. the next day and I for kids. And I was like, okay, well, that's what's going on. Right. So I'm going to go with the kids. And I let go of studios and it's it was the right decision. And um, it just, you know, it happens. It, uh, the universe tells you mm-hmm. what you're supposed mm-hmm. to be doing. I so. agree. I agree. Life gives you lots of little messages if you listen. Yeah. So good. I'm so glad you did do that because look at this little generation of yogis you're creating. I, love I it know. So I know. It's so great. <laughs> So I think we're wrapping up, but real quick, what is your current favorite yoga pose? Oh, but that wasn't on my head. Okay. No, well. you got to do it <laughs> off the fly. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a great question. It's funny because I got on the phone call with you right now um, and I needed to go just move, walk, jog, stretch out a little bit before I got on the phone because I was feeling all stressed out and I was about to talk to you about self-care and I was like, well, that, that can't, that can't be okay. So I got on a yoga mat upstairs. I'm here at, the, here at the YMCA right now. And I actually, with downward dog, I was like, that's just head to toe. Got to stretch it out. Yep. And then it's so not built into my repertoire at all, but I ended up in headstand. Amazing. <laughs> and I did. I felt like I just needed to, like, drain out the tantrum that my three-year-old had before I was about to get on the phone with you. I need to, like, drain that out of my system and, like, just empty out the contents. And so I would have a clear head for you a clear mind um and yeah so I that was kind of cool I think I don't know if it's my favorite but I think it was the striking pose it kind of was an out of the blue pose that showed up to me today so today that's my favorite awesome and I have just one more quick question because it's our next topic we're going to talk about mom cuts did you fall victim to any mom cuts whether it was the chop or a spiky cut or anything like that did you chop off your hair after a baby (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is the best episode. I cannot wait to listen to this episode. Yes, I did. <laughs> did you do the chop? 
totally chopped it. Yeah. Well, you know, so you don't have, you go from pregnancy hair, which is thick and lustrous and full, um, more, you know, more than not anyway. And, yeah. you know, vitamins and all the hormones and everything are kind of about sustaining and nourishing. And then everything leaves your system once the baby's out. Like that's whole metaphor. Yeah. Like everything is like a release. Like and so so goes the hair. Like I don't yeah. know how much I'm supposed. But you know, it's like it's a thing sometimes, especially if you have more stressful like beginning phase of life. So uh, with your baby, and I had a colicky yeah. baby, so I think I had a lot of those stress-induced symptoms. Um, so I did not have great hair. And I was like, let's just start <laughs> it over. Let's start over. And it feels really good to be growing it out now, I have to say. So now we are going to talk a little bit more about mom cuts. So I mentioned it with Kate, but we'll talk about what is a mom cut. So for a lot of moms after they have a baby, the, the scissors come out. So there's lots of different reasons for why this might happen. Um, some might be emotional. So like Kate was saying, you just want to kind of get rid of it, start new. Some are physical. Um, for a lot of moms, their hair starts to grow in really differently post-baby than pre-baby. Um, for my mom, her hair started curling after she had my sister. And so she had this very distinct line of straight hair and curled hair. And so the chop came. Uh, some might be because of the baby. I cut my hair because the baby was pulling just handfuls of hair out of the nape of my neck. There's lots of different reasons. It happens uh, for better or for worse. It's a good idea. Um, I was told by a hairdresser to wait at least six months before you do anything with your hair because that's how long it takes for your natural hair growth to come back and not be swayed by the baby. So there's lots of different haircuts out there. There's obviously the chop, which is just a bob, cutting it real short. There's the ever popular, if not outdated, waterfall cut, which is the spikes in the back and then the kind of long bangs in the front, as made famous by um, Kate Goslin from John and Kate Plus 8. And the new kind of mom cut, which is what I am sporting, is the undercut. So an undercut is where you take the bottom maybe quarter of your hair at your neck and you shave it down so that it's very short. Once you've shaved it, you can go to your local barber shop and a lot of them can then put some nice pretty swirly designs in it. My sister has kind of a pyramid design on the back of her head. You can do lots of things with it. I really like it because I can put my hair up and I don't have the little wisps at the back of my neck where Kirk can grab them. But I also like it because when my hair is down or in a fancy hairstyle, you can't really tell that it's there. So it's a great option if you're not willing to lose your length, but you still want to do something to support your mom cut desires. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for supporting our Kickstarter or for sharing either the podcast or our Kickstarter. So far, we're at $41 with 15 days left to go, and we really need your help to complete. If you have a dollar to spare, it can make a big difference. Next week, we will have Mary Quinn, and we'll be talking about postpartum doulas, stay-at-home parenting, and a book review of Brain Rules for Baby. If you're interested in diffuser necklaces, please check out lowcountryeclectic.com. 
Check out our Facebook for additional links, resources, or to ask questions about anything you've heard on the podcast. And remember to subscribe, rate, review, and share. Sharing is caring.